podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Welcome to the It's All Cobblers to Me preview show. I'm Danny, and this week I'm not joined by Charles. And I'm not joined, as originally planned, by Neil Edgerton Scott. He's been struck down by the shock of Danny Rose coming off the bench again. Uh, so I've got someone even better. I've got Jeffy. Jeffy, you're here. Hey. You're here. You all right? Yeah, I am now. We're a bit of a technical issue at the start, but we're <laughs> here now. <laughs> You've been talking to our guest about watch it which is great yeah last half an hour i did say you should have recorded that as a podcast as a patreon special um but hey next time how are you doing next time really good thank you how are you doing you all all right i'm good i'm good i'm 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 slightly concerned that my dreams of ali koiki scoring the winning goal to get us promoted (laughs) might have just fallen by the wayside so he fell by a wayside yeah i'm quite concerned yeah we'll see i'm hoping he's going to be all right it didn't uh, look too bad, did it? No, it didn't. No, um, he was walking all right. Yeah, he was. Just a bit gingerly. Yeah, it'll, it'll be right. I hope it'll, so. Um, we'll get into that. Um, we're going to be joined by Her Game 2 co-founder and Bristol Rovers fan Lucy Ford later on to talk about the weekend game as well as Her Game 2. Uh, but first, we are going to catch up on that game from last night. Jeffy, you watched it? I did. It was, from it Watch was, It. It was all right. Yeah, watch yeah. It, watched it from Watch It. Yeah. yeah, it was all right, actually. Yeah, it was good. It was a bit yeah. dicky late on, wasn't it? it was... Well, well, I think we rode our luck a little bit. But we were in control for, for large parts. But I think the final substitution probably didn't, well, probably wasn't necessary yeah, and no. put us under pressure. <laughs> whereas the, the two before, we seemed to be linking up quite well. Yeah. But it was all right. It was. I mean, what what is important at this point is we get results, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think, Frankly, uh, I don't care how we get them. Yeah, I think if it finishes two 0 we're probably thinking that's a comfortable match. But mm. Chris Lyons had to pop up, didn't he, with a with a goal, and then from then on, we just looked like we were going to concede. I was just like every everything that went into our box. You thought it's going to go in. It's going to be two all. It's going to be game over. Because I thought if that goes to two two, then psychologically the promotion race is going to be dead in the water because we mm. it's it is that fine line i think at the moment that we 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 just don't seem to deal with setbacks too well and especially as a fan base and i think if that goal goes in then everyone's really down again and we had we deja vu of handball didn't we we did that freak bloody freak. i couldn't believe it <laughs> i can't I believe, believe it happened it. again right at the end because it was injury time again wasn't it and who yeah. was it this time was it mills Millsy. or was it millsy did it it was it was effectively it's... the absolute <laughs> carbon copy apart from the fact that it was a different player because mm. <laughs> it was the same position everything yeah absolutely everything was exactly the same ridiculous i cannot believe it, it happened again <laughs> i know i know but I, we were sat there saying oh my gosh there's more cobblers fans than there are stevenish fans here yeah they were and it was quiet. great it was really really good i mean i um, thought 
I thought they were useless Stevenage, which would have been even worse if we'd have equalized. If we if they'd have equalized, sorry. Yeah, you see that bloke shot. <laughs> the one that um, up there with Ash Taylor. Yeah, well, that was Luke Norris, wasn't it? He went off later on in the game. Yeah, and hopefully he's all right. But yeah, that shot. I, th- I don't think it was as serious as what it first. It looked dreadful. It did look awful. Didn't they were down it for a good five minutes, weren't they? So mm. yeah, and, so didn't move, and he didn't move, and they didn't move him. And at that point, I was thinking. This really doesn't look too tricky. Mm. But then he, when he got up, I was like, okay, this doesn't look as bad as, as first thought, which was good. Yeah, so get well soon. Yeah. Nice. But, um, but yeah, that shot did rival Ash Taylor's penalty. I think it's had a meeting with <laughs> Yeah, still up there the somewhere now. Yeah, still up there. <laughs> um, what else has happened? And McWazza. McWazza wasn't playing. No. He's been no. sent for scan. I don't think we know the results just yet as time of recording. That is a worry. So I think we can get away with it against Stevenage on Saturday. Yeah. It's going to be even more difficult, I think to cope with yeah well me and Sean were saying last night that I think one thing that might help I mean I don't think much is going to help on Saturday (laughs) but I think that um we do tend to play better against teams that play better football Mm. because we slip into that false sense of security of hoofball because that's what the opposition is what that's what we're met by with the opposition right and and then when you are faced with teams that actually want to play football on the floor, we have to do that as well. Yeah. And sometimes that that does help us. I know in in some previous games, in the games like, for example, Crawley, they, well, they didn't really have a clue, did they? And we come unstuck massively. Mm. And I think hopefully, I mean, it's unlikely that we're going to come away unscathed. But if we were to, that might help. Feeling good about the weekend then. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm well. It's the blooming Bristol Rovers derby for me. It's a nightmare. I've got me Bristol Rovers fans on my way up. I know, I can't. And whoever from... loses gets a takeaway. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Honest, that's, that's dangerous nightmare. territory. But um, It is really dangerous territory. What else is going on? We've got two new signings for NTFC women, Jeffy. At the oh, yes, we do. Um, a bit of a setback at the weekend with their 1-1 draw, but they've bolstered their defence. TJ Warren in. And favour Amanazu, Amanazu, sorry, from Bugbrook. Bugbrook's a great place. Yes. Yes. So the two new signings are going to give us a bit of competition for the last little bit. And I think we've got Loughborough again this weekend now. Mansfield game got cancelled. So Loughborough students got a little bit of, little bit of unfinished yeah, business, I, I'd say. Okay. I think Loughborough might have been asking in some favours, though, you yeah, see. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, now we've got a favour of our own. We? we have. There we go. Yeah. In. Anyway, enough of that nonsense. We've got to get to the important stuff. Uh, we're going to bring in her game to co-founder and Bristol Rovers fan, Lucy Ford. Hey, Lucy, how are you doing? Hello. I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me on. I hope you're both well as well. Yeah, good, thank you. And sorry for your half an hour um, divergence, but I'm sure you had a good chat with Jeffy before. I did, actually. Yeah, I did. Good, good. Talking all things, watch it. Love it. So to start with, for anyone who's been living under a rock for the last year, can you give us a bit of a background on Her Game 2 and basically how it's grown since last May? Yeah, so um, Her Game 2 was founded in May of last year. Um, so Kaz, a fellow Bristol Rose fan, um, had experienced a lot of sexism online for commenting about game. Um, it was a harmless tweet. Um, it was back back last January. Um, and yeah, the, the tweet, it had nothing like it didn't say anything bad it just said you know this this team had been losing every week they're like well what's the point of them being in that league because they lose every week um and for some reason it just ended up getting loads and loads of retweets and loads of likes and then 
the sexism started coming in and also personal comments as well and you know she she had to lock down her account she had to you know delete the app off her phone she said you know if we weren't in that kind of lockdown period as as we were in that time where we couldn't physically go to games um she said that she probably wouldn't have anyway because you know because of worrying about you know if people were going to come up and say something to her about that tweet even though it wasn't about rovers and it wasn't about you know a rival team there were people within our fan base that jumped on to you know being abusive um and then in april time she came to me with the idea for the campaign you know she said to me initially do i feel like there's a um, a campaign out there for sexism in football and i said no and she said, well, why don't we do a video highlighting our experiences? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And then we got together like a list of girls who um, had been like kind of tweeting about football and also about sexism as well. Um, and they all, and Kaz went and spoke to them all and they all said yes. Um, so all the girls involved had all experienced sexism either online or in person just for being, you know, football fans. Um, and then, yeah, we decided to launch the video on FA Collect Final Day. Um, and the response was just kind of beyond anything we ever imagined really i mean the initial video um has or had a million views in 24 hours which is absolutely mind-blowing even to say now um and yeah we had so much support from that first day um and you know news coverage kind of across the country and then from there we kind of did a survey um so we asked women and girls to kind of take part um and send them send the survey to them that we kind of created just kind of talking about more about their experience um and that was quite damning really because um out of like just under 400 um responses 93 percent had seen sexism online towards um a woman in football so that doesn't just mean a fan that could be a player a pundit a referee anyone kind of involved in the game and then um over 63 percent had experienced it themselves online and over 58 percent had experienced it in a pub in person and that's kind of where we kind of decided to go to the clubs really and start to and actually one of the key things that we kind of that came out of the the survey um obviously first it was you know some really harrowing stories um where we gave people we we gave people the opportunity to kind of uh, kind of talk a bit more about their experiences uh, and that was kind of a really difficult read um but also um what we did kind of notice was a recurrent theme was um that opportunity to report any instances or actually not feeling heard or not knowing where to report it. Um, so when we kind of went to the clubs and said, you know, you know, this is who we are, this is what we're trying to do, one of the main kind of aims was having that reporting system in place so that fans could, you know, anonymously report any instances if, you know, if they happen within the ground. Um, and that's something that's kind of gone down really well, actually. So um, in our I think we've got partnerships with over 50 professional clubs now and they've all got reporting system in place and posters up and around the ground, whether it's in the bars or the toilets um, or the programmes and then like presence of her game too on either the big screens or LEDs. Um, and then obviously from there, there's been um, dedicated fixtures um, and also there's been, um, yeah, a lot like some some really amazing things been taking place in the last couple of weeks, especially with International Women's Day. But yeah, I mean, the last kind of 10 months has just been a whirlwind, really. I don't, it's really funny. Like, I don't think I've stopped, to be honest. And, and, and none of the girls have. Um, just, you know, something, something's always happening every day. We're either talking to somebody or 
find emails or on social media but um and and you know we we know that we're only at the beginning of what we can do um but also we are, are you know like i said i'm really really proud to be a part of it and I'm, I'm really really proud of what we, you know we've managed to achieve in you know in 10 months and from something that was you know a horrible horrible thing that should never have happened i feel like something so incredible has come from it already mm. yeah it has been incredible i think the last few months as well as highlighting the issues that women and girls face it's, it's i think it's made men sit up and take notice a little bit as well of some of the things they say some of the things they do some of the things they chant that the game i know like personally i've probably looked at the list and think thought you know in my younger days i probably have chanted something like that and it's made men i think actually take stock of what they're doing have you kind of seen this translate at all into the experience at a match or on social media has it translated visibly for you um yeah i mean i mean it's a little bit difficult at the moment because we've got a female physio and we i have heard comments directed towards her in in you know in where where i stand which is behind the goal um a number of times and the last time i heard it i i called it out and i don't think if that happened two years ago i don't think i would have had the confidence to i would have just kind of kept quiet more of in fear of actually saying something or worrying that they could say something to me. Um, and then when I heard it at that time, I think it's back in October, November, um, the guy didn't respond to me, but I was like, I'm, si- I'm sick of hearing it because it's her job. Um, but, you know, there has been positives. I know not at our club, there's been another club where um, someone reported sexism, one of our partner clubs, and actually a, a, a ban was given. Um, and this person isn't allowed to come back until they've passed a mandatory education course on sexism um so there has been positives and I've also noticed like on social media like you say it's kind of a, um, a lot of more like male allies as well and actually people saying you know when you know because there are still things going on on social media I'm not going to pretend that it's all amazing yet because it's not and you know I do see it quite often still I mean I even saw it about Michelle Owen just a couple of days ago actually on, on Twitter and I think she's amazing at her job I think she's one of the best pundits we have and, and our, you know her on the EFL has been amazing um but I've noticed actually like seeing more guys be like actually hang on a minute like this isn't okay and I'm calling it out um I know like I've I actually had an incident um me and my dad were actually coming back from the away game um, on our own on the train and there was a guy and I don't know why he, we were talk, we were having a friendly conversation about where he'd been and where they'd been and then he just started randomly like he was looking at me as he brought up like about women's football and my dad was like well there's nothing wrong you know there's nothing wrong with women's football I think it's good and like this guy was being really like sexist and and you know, derogatory. Um, and I felt like he was trying to direct it at me without, you know, knowing. Because obviously I, I didn't have a, a shirt on. I just had a scarf on and my dad had his shirt on and I was kind of sat in the corner. Um, but like my dad was so, like he was really angry at this bloke because he was like, like you didn't even need to bring it up. Like it never needed to be a conversation. And he really was really like stuck up for, you know, women's football. And I was in that moment, I was really proud of him because, he didn't have to do that. He could have just been like, oh, yeah, and, like, ignored him. But, you know, he was like, actually, what you're saying is wrong. Like, you know, I'm not saying that everyone has to watch women's football. It's not even about that. It was just, like, to just be that derogatory and, and sexist, because that's what it was, um, was just so un- 
like unfair and I was like I wouldn't do it we weren't doing anything wrong we were just like having a normal chat about the game and it's just yeah but you know there are positives I think but there's still a long way to go I feel yeah, yeah I think that's the thing isn't it it's been such a great journey for you for you all and so, yeah. so many good things coming from it um, yeah and that's but, the thing that we we love talking about the positives and yeah you know and the things that we have achieved like you know for me like seeing premier league players in mm. merchandise with our logo on yeah it's madness like <laughs> i have to pinch myself and like even on the weekend i was at um i was very lucky to go to a couple of the dedicated fixtures up in manchester and liverpool mm-hmm. um, i was at berry afc um on friday and saturday um who you know they're now seeing um the northwest counties mm-hmm. division one but they um, they did so much um, and and were amazing, um, and it was really you know I felt really you know privileged to be there. And they had like sixteen hundred, which was their biggest attendance, um, and loads of girls teams that played a tournament in the afternoon before they came to the game. And it was really funny because actually at the um, the players scored one of the goals um, came off and to see all the girls running over in the stand and trying to give them a high five. Yeah. Um, and how excited they were it was just for me it was a really lovely moment because I was like god I was like I remember being that young girl that like loved seeing like my favorite player mm-hmm. and I was like I really hope that that kind of gets them into you know watching like whether it's Barry, whether it's another local team near them because that's what it's all about really it's about encouraging that next generation oh absolutely and how must it how does it feel to just you mentioned a little bit but to see the signs to see the bill was to see the logos everywhere and then to to actually physically and visibly see what impact you're having that must feel so good yeah I'm you know I'm I'm really really proud actually because I think when we decided to do the video I don't think any of us really kind of knew or thought what it was going to be we just kind of wanted to talk about our experiences so you know when we did the video and I think within the first minute because we were actually in a Twitter group chat at the time Mm. And it had a hundred retweets in a minute. We were like, I just see my phone just going, oh my, all the girls going, oh my God, oh my God, this is bang, this is banging. Like, oh my God, like we didn't know what, like, and then from there, as time's gone on, it's just kind of, it, it, it's taken over my life in a good way, if that makes sense. Yeah, like yeah. when I talk about it and like, or people like come up and chat to us or, you know, being able to talk about it, I'm, you know, I'm so proud to be a part of it. And it's just, yeah, I just don't think I, I ever imagined or envisioned, but I think, on the flip side, it actually kind of showed that there was something that needs to be done and it was a gap, not gap in the market sounds like the wrong word, but there was a gap there. It wasn't really a, it was kind of a a topic that people were kind of seeing and it was starting to come out a bit more, but not really, there hadn't really been like, say, I, I guess you could say a campaign around it before. There'd been like little bits and pieces, but nothing like, and I'll see people like, well, it's, it's not, you know, it's not FA lad. It's like, no, it's just literally 12 football fans. Yeah. That's so good. So you were talking about the reporting systems. How what does that look like in terms of on match days? So um with our partner clubs, so around the ground, whether it's the toilets and the bars or in the programme or could be shown on the big screen, um, there is now either a text it's unique to every club you see. So it's kind of what the clubs either got in place or put in place. So it's either a text number or phone number and email, um, so that fans can anonymously report um any instances that happen and so the clubs will also follow follow up with it so say it gets sent through when someone said and, and some at some grounds it's kind of like an instant thing like there's ones where 
a steward might come over and it might it, a text might go through to like a, a like a room like a operations room or something and then they'll contact a student and say right this is happening in this block um and they'll go and deal with it straight away but sometimes it kind of goes through to like an email and then it get picked up say on like a monday or something and then it's kind of that way um but also we've got a reporting system on our website as well so that's for clubs that perhaps we haven't partnered with yet but also we we you know if fans feel like they want to report it through that way then that's not an issue as well because then we can follow up with the clubs ourselves either like either you know the co-founders or if it's a club that we've got an ambassador for then they can kind of lead that so um yeah so they can like lead that and be that that's why we have the ambassadors to be that contact between ourselves and the club um so yeah we've got like a number of ambassadors now across um the leagues and yeah like obviously some some of the girls that have partnered um who are are ambassadors and their clubs haven't partnered yet but then some of them have actually been really really key part in their partnership um so for example um Brett at Cardiff City she came in and she was really really um essential to you know the partnership and and Michelle as well with Preston like their clubs hadn't partnered before they'd they'd come on board but you know they were really really key and crucial into getting those partnerships and getting that reporting system the dedicated fixtures in place so it's been yeah it's been really really pleasing really to have those people on board so Lucy what do you think the future of her game two is going to be because obviously from a woman's point of view I've seen massive nationwide change in terms of the attitudes and where where do you see it going from now because like you said earlier this is only the beginning isn't it yeah yeah definitely you're right and I'm really pleased to um to hear that you said you're you're seeing that change because that's what it's about and I know it's going to be something that will take its time I think it's going to be like a generational thing if I'm being honest um obviously one of our one of our things is obviously encouraging the next generation um in terms of you know have given them more opportunities to play and watch um and obviously, you know, through their clubs that they support. Um, and so with that, it's um, with our merchandise partners, we put all the profits towards um, grassroots women's football um, because the funding in that is so limited, um, and, you know, to build a better pathway because there's so many young girls out there that love to play. Um, but one of our also main and key aims that we want to do long term is to um, is education um, in schools, in higher education provisions, in football clubs and trusts. So we're really keen about putting a module together that we can kind of deliver out to these to these schools. Um, I think one of the ages we kind of want to target is kind of the age that I kind of started to get into football, so at 10, 11, because that's kind of the age that you kind of starting to, I guess, form your own opinions and attitudes on things. Um, and I didn't really have any issues when I was 10 and 11 going to games. It was more when I got into secondary school. I think, you know, 10 and 11, you're leaving primary school, you're you know, starting to go to big school I guess you could say um and you feel like oh you're cool you're getting older and so that's kind of the age group we kind of want to get it into um you know not just also talking about us and our campaign but also like that equality in in football actually having you know opportunity for girls to play football in schools because I know of so you know we get emails and things from dads all the time saying they're you know their daughters just want to play at the lunchtime and teachers tell them they, they, they're not allowed to play 
and you know these are 10 11 year old girls and they can play together at that point or you know all girls want to say play in their own football team and there's say seven eight of them and they want to play together and they say oh no we're not going to do that you have to play netball instead and that, I just find that really sad because like growing up I didn't I, I mean I didn't mind playing football like PE um but I, I just wasn't good at sport. Like that's just a, that's just me. Um, but I know there were so many of my friends out there um, that were good at sport, and they were put off, or there wasn't that opportunity for them to play in school, so they just stopped playing, which is which is really sad and and really unfair, actually. Yeah. Um, so finally, for this last bit of this section, so to speak, um, we don't have a cobblers club ambassador yet, or an advocate, I don't think, as far as I know. Um, if somebody was listening to this pod and wanted to get involved and wanted to be an ambassador or an advocate for the cobblers, how would they go about doing it? So the best way would be to go on our website because that's where we've got the ambassador forms. Um, we've got um, quite a few coming through from lots of different clubs lately. So we will get to them. I promise you we will get to them. Um, at, and yeah, no, obviously we're really, really keen to have, um, you know, a cobbler's ambassador. So kind of um, with the ambassador, it's kind of someone that um, attends games regularly, someone who, you know, is going to champion her game to on social media, um, can be that basically that link between us and the club. Um, and then can obviously feedback, you know, in any reports and kind of be that point of contact for any fans that experience sexism at the games. Um, but also kind of feed into us if there's any ideas or things that might work or, you know, be able to attend like meetings with the club, whether it's virtually or obviously in person. Um, and yeah, and then kind of the advocate is kind of someone that can support the ambassador. So the ambassador kind of be in a, um, like closer kind of liaison with us, but the ambassador can have their own kind of team of advocates, I guess. So, you know, if there is a few kind of female um, cobblers found out, out there that's like, say, oh, do you know what? I want to be a part of this. I want to support the ambassador, whether it's, you know, and, and things can come up from it, like, say, or oh, I don't know, like thinking about having like a group chat. Um, So like, say, if you all like, travel together or there might be someone that is on their own or lives up there and wants to come to games, but doesn't know where to go or know anyone or um, from we've had female supporters groups come from from it. I know that um, Cambridge United um, have their Amber Bells and Doncaster Rovers have set up their own female supporters group as a result of being partnered with us. So there's been lots of real, real positives, um, really. So, yeah. So and obviously, yeah, we're really, really keen to have Northampton Town Cobbler <laughs> ambassador on board. We, we are partnered with the club, which is um, which obviously we're really pleased about. And it was quite um quite early on as well actually um so yeah oh, that's brilliant so good and jeffy i'm sure you'll agree that um the club can probably do a little bit more i think in terms of um the advertising promotion I know we're, we're partners and everything but i think it's been it's been great to kind of talk all that through um and yeah if you are out there just get in touch and what if you want to get involved jeffy i'm sure you are jumping at the bit as well to try and get involved. yeah yeah and um, i also think as well that um i've had lots of conversations with with uh, our brilliant media man, mm-hmm. Gareth, at the club. And I know he's been really keen to get the ball rolling with, with this campaign. And he was actually really pleased when it all came to fruition. So I know behind the scenes, there's an awful lot of stuff going on with the focus on this. So they are really working hard at the club to to make sure that it's a success. So, yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, so get in touch. Get in there. Um, we're going to move on to less important stuff now. Uh, weekend weekend game between the two clubs, obviously. Bristol Rovers coming to Sixfields, big top of the table clash um, <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> um, 
Lucy, we can't talk about Bristol Rovers. Like no Cobblers fan can talk about Bristol Rovers without talking about 1998. And I'm sure you've heard the stories. I'm, yeah. I'm positive that you're not old enough to remember it yourself. Um, <laughs> but I'm sure you've heard all the stories of the playoffs. I'm sure you can't wait to hear it again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Um, how big a thing is it in in Bristol Rovers terrace talk and in everything is it a big thing still do you still have nightmares about it do do the fans still talk about it as as a nightmare scenario or is it just us um good question (laughs) Uh, so uh, well I'll put it out there I was two in 1998 which is going to tell everyone my age um so (laughs) obviously I was not in attendance I know that from my grandparents um my granddad specifically uh I know that he has told me that story before um so yes uh, when I think actually funny enough when we went to Northampton Way oh must be a few years ago now and we were going on the coach when I was a, a little bit younger we used to go on the coach together um and I'm sure he's told me that story so yeah I mean I think it's something that kind of when we play each other is kind of briefly mentioned but I think if we've played each other um quite a few times now in the last kind of few years like we've been involved in obviously relegation battles promotion battles red table battles <laughs> um it's kind of not I wouldn't say been forgotten about it's just kind of other things have kind of taken kind of more um I guess been bigger kind of things to talk about so we kind of <laughs> we kind of just leave it to the wayside a little bit so what you're saying is I share my stories with your grandparents and that's going to make me feel really old (laughs) so thanks for that (laughs) um so bringing things a little bit more up to date we played you in november uh jeffy and i were there in the terrace got our hopes up when sam hoskins slotted the penalty away but then you turned it around to obviously win Uh, what's gone right since then because it seems like that was a little bit of a turning point for you guys yeah um i i definitely say the month of november was the turning point um we actually played oxford in a fa cup replay um yes. and in extra time we were three one down mm. with 15 minutes to go and I was already planning oh well that's a free December I can go to the Christmas markets I could do this and that and then it's just a madness happened and Sion Spence who's on loan from Crystal Palace scored Aaron Collins scored his first goal for the club from about 30 yards and yeah and I don't know from that moment everything just seemed to change we've kind of what we've been lacking in the last kind of 18 months or so up until November time was consistency and that was probably one of the reasons why we went down last year because we would win one and lose the next three in a row and we just couldn't we there was obviously other factors that went on to reason why we went down you know we didn't recruit a striker in January you know we went through three managers in a, in a year you know there was lots of there was you know we, we deserved to go down last season I'll, I'll put that out there we were not good enough um and I was worried you know, early on that we were still stuck in that rut, um, even though it was now Joey's team and Joey's players. And then, yeah, we've just, I know we've just found that consistency. I think we have had a few in, injuries that come back. We've had, we still have a couple of injuries um, long term, but, you know, kind of kept that kind of main core group of players, um, recruited quite well in January, brought in James Connolly, who is 19 and Cardiff City's under 23 captain looked a little shaky when he came in but it's really grown from there um Ellie Anderson we brought in from Newcastle he's now nicknamed the Geraldi Maradona um 
this kid is about 19 and he should not be playing in, in, in League Two. I, I will tell you this now. I mean, if you if you watch back the goal he scored on Tuesday night, he scored two in two games now, both at home. He's just an absolute talent and he's already bossing players around the pitch at the age of 19, 20. So, I mean, Newcastle are very lucky because they've got an absolute talent on their hands. And then, yeah, like Collins has now got, I think it's up to 13 goals. Um, Belshaw, we brought in in summer, has got 13 clean sheets. Um, yeah, I mean, it's really funny. We've got a really quite young defence, um, but we've just, I don't know, we've just found that consistency that we've kind of been crying out for for ages. And yeah, just I'm just hoping and praying and keeping everything crossed for the next nine games that we can continue the run. Yeah. Is there a sense that you're kind of coming into form just at the right time now? I think so, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I was kind of looking at Bolton last year because obviously last kind of October, November time, we were right right down there. I was thinking, oh God, can we go for another year of being relegation? And then um, and then obviously kind of picked up a little bit um, and then we we're kind of like still bottom of the table. It was only really turn of the year we kind of got into the top half and then just obviously Tuesday night just got into the playoffs for the first time. Um, and obviously, you know, as well as I do, how tight it is in the league at the moment. There's nothing between, in, in points-wise, there's nothing between like seven, eight, nine of these teams now. So, I mean, who knows what it's going to bring. Well, you're, you're three points behind us now, aren't you? So, yeah, we are. So if you, are. if you win by a couple of goals on Saturday, you actually go could go second. It's ridiculous how tight it is. It's, um, it's crazy. It's I mean, even just saying that, well, A, makes my stomach flip because <laughs> you can't just... Uh, but for obviously for kind of excited reasons, but then it's just like, wow, it's just it's been it's just been a crazy few months to be honest with with Rovers because we 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 didn't look great and then I, I it, like I said it's just I know we've just seemed to something's just seemed to click. Yeah, I remember Jeffy, me and you both saying after that game they're going to be going up there and not specifically going up but going up the table in the next few months because we saw something that was nowhere near the level that you're at. Yeah, that was. I think that was another game. I kind of because you'd been doing well, we hadn't been doing well. I thought, oh, it's going to be a toughie. Um, so when we won, we were obviously really, really pleased. Um, and then yeah, it's just yeah. Obviously, I saw you won on Tuesday night against Stevenage, our old manager. Who I and I do agree. I think Stevenage are one of the worst teams in, in, in the league. When we played them back in February, we won four nil, and it genuinely could have been seven. And that's not me being like offensive to, to Stevenage. I mean, Sam Nichols, who's um, injured at the moment, he, he could have scored a hat-trick and he didn't get one goal. So You say your old manager, breaking news, is Stevenage's old manager as well. As of Has he just been ago. sacked? He's just been sacked. No way. Oh, I'm going to have to... Well, once they come off here, I'm like, Dad, Dad, <laughs> you heard the good news. Don't need to worry about that end of the table, though, do we? Can, no, no. Can you finish in the top three, do you think? I don't think there's any reason why not. Um, I, it, again, it's just going to be at the moment. It's just going to hold their nerve. It's. I, I think I don't see there is any any reason why we can. I just hope that once we kind of now got into that position, we can just continue to just keep building and building and building. You know, we have got some tough games over the next few weeks. Obviously, we've got yourselves who are up there. We've got Tranmere, Forest Green, um, as well as some, obviously some other teams that are kind of in like in the middle of the table and then obviously towards the bottom. We've actually got Scunthorpe at home on the final day of the season. So that was going to be, that could be interesting if they've potentially already gone down. I don't want to like jinx it for them because obviously they haven't been doing too well. 
Um, but it'll be a kind of a weird twist of fate if we do end up playing a relegated team on the last day of the season because there's a fun story about the last time that happened in League Two. <laughs> Remind us what happened. Um, so you'd already won the league. You already have an Oh, yeah, time. that's the one. Sorry. Just one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, go on. We, um, <laughs> so we played Dagenham and Redbridge on May, on 7th of May, 2016. Yeah. Um, and we won 2-1 to sneak into third on the final day. Um, and obviously get their place and get promoted as well with you and Oxford United. So they're like, can people like, oh, you know, could it could it strike twice? I was like, <laughs> I can't deal with it anymore. I think I'm pretty sure Scunthorpe will be relegated by that point. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't want to be like offensive towards Scunthorpe because you never know anything can happen. But so none of them have to be listening to this. It, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, I was just like, I oh, know they're quite a way off. Oldham now, and I don't know if they've got the games in hand either. Yeah, no, they're they're a good. I think about ten points from actual safety now. So, oh. uh, yeah, I've got I've got a question. Go on. So, um, I obviously as as you know, because I'm on this podcast, I'm a Northampton Town fan, but I have a lot of um, friends that are Rovers fans, being the geographical place <laughs> that I am. Um, and this is a genuine question, and I, yeah. I really mean this. I personally believe having watched League Two football for many, many, many years and knowing how Northampton Town play and knowing how the league works, my personal feeling is that the team that are coming up now starting really decent runs and having kind of built over the season, having had a bad start, normally are the ones that end up in the best position. My thing is with Bristol Rovers, I think everything, absolutely everything is falling for them at the right time. Can your manager hold his nerve to get you over the line? Oh, that's a really good question, actually. I mean, I don't know because this is, he only had his year anniversary on, on in February, so he's only been with us 13 months. I mean, the, the thing is, obviously, when he was at Fleetwood, they did get into the playoffs and obviously they lost the semi-final. So I don't think, I mean, I'd have to really do check, but I'm not 100% sure if he's actually got, the team promoted I might be wrong I might be wrong on that I know I remember when he was in league one and Fleetwood finished in the playoffs then they lost I don't, I don't know is the honest answer I'm, I'm hoping that he learned from the playoffs and with Fleetwood and that he can get us over the line but I, I think it's not you know I think it's about everybody I think you know it's gonna have to be a whole squad effort to get us over the line it's not just down to one person obviously the manager is the manager you know he you know it's his players and you know the coaching staff as well but if we to, if we're to get over the line like we did in 2016 because our squad then was you know we didn't have the best squad in the world we had good players absolutely we just had a squad mentality um, and a manager that would literally wanted 110 percent out of every single player and they gave it to him and I'm starting to see similar now. I feel like the players are giving 100% every week and he won't stand for anything other than that. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I, I hope so. I hope so. I mean, I'm always, I'm always on the air and the side of caution just because I don't want to, I don't want to get my hopes up. And, you know, I am an optimistic person, but yeah, I, I, I guess I just, I'm hopeful, but I just, I just don't know. See, I would be more, content right now in your position than I am in our position mm-hmm. genuinely yeah, guess, genuinely you got more to lose where we are right now yeah I think you've got less to lose and so much more possibly to gain we've yeah. been right up there for the best part of the entire season and 
we've got everything to lose because we've had it all and it could all be snatched away by you literally on Saturday because that's how tight this table is. You're on the flip side of that. Doesn't matter if you lose because you've still got another whack at it. Doesn't matter. Yeah, that, that's true. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, yeah, you guys have got nothing to lose. So I think that you this game plays into your hands more than it does ours. Yeah. And if, yeah. if I'm a Northampton Town fan, I'm worried about Saturday. <laughs> Much yeah. less worried Love than get, if we were playing you the other way around. Get the reverse yeah. psychology in. Love it, Jeffy. Well done. Oh, no, <laughs> I'm being deadly serious <laughs> no, and you no, know I no, am. I know what you mean. Yeah, no, we're, we're very concerned. Um, Lucy, I want to get your thoughts on Joey Barton. Obviously, to say Devi's opinion is a massive understatement. What do you? What are your thoughts on him? <laughs> Again, another person that defies a lot of our fans' opinions. Um, still, at the moment, right now, still, there are fans that. Um, what, so when he came in, I was surprised. I was really surprised because I thought it was a left field decision. So I was a bit like, okay. I was like, well, I'm just going to judge him on how he is as a manager. Um, but obviously we, we got relegated. And like I said, we we deserve to go down. But I kind of gave him the benefit of the doubt because it wasn't his players. And he came in like February time. So he was kind of just dealt with what he had to deal with. Um, and then obviously in the summer, you know, the, cha- the team kind of changed quite a lot. There was a lot of people that went um, and then a lot of people that came in. Um, and it's kind of interesting, really, because we brought in, a, a, not a lot, but we brought in, um, obviously, we brought in Connor Taylor on loan, who's um, about 20 years old now, defender from Stoke. And I was kind of surprised because I'm like, well, you know, we were bringing players in that were, it was kind of like, it was quite interesting because we brought in a couple of young players and then we brought in a couple of older players like Glenn Whelan, Leon Clark, and at first, and Paul Coots. Obviously, all three of them are in their mid-30s. Um, and obviously, when you're bringing in a young player from a higher team, you just don't know how it's going to react. Because um, we've, we've had it before, we've brought in players, and it's just it's not fit the team. Um, obviously, with Connor, it absolutely has. He's been one of our best players and one of the most consistent performers. Um, and I could chat about him until the cows come home, but <laughs> no one wants to hear that. Um, and then, obviously, we brought in players like Coots and Whelan. And at first, I wasn't sure about them because I'm like, well... These are older, like people say, you know, these are people that are just trying to pick up a wage packet. Um, and then again, I think with, you know, with our consistency kind of picking up, their performance has picked up and especially Paul Coots. Um, he's been really consistent as a player for us the last few weeks. And he's actually really, you know, he's, he's given the captaincy armband um, and he's absolutely like led the team. So, and that's been a good thing. But yeah, obviously off the field, there's been stuff that's happened, um, which obviously I won't really divulge too too much. But that kind of caused a real rift in the fan base um, just before the season. I think that was kind of, I'm not saying that was a, a, apparently not, that wasn't down to the reason why we were doing badly. I don't, I'm not going to blame that at all. But yeah, obviously certain things happened um, and then certain fans haven't gone and haven't attended. And then some fans obviously still like like Joey. And then there's obviously the fans like us, like for me in the middle. I mean, I don't like Joey as a person. I don't like, you know, what, you know, things that he's done in, in past and currently off, off the field. But he manages my football team. So and I support the football team. I don't support Joey Barton FC. So I separate the man and the manager from the club, if that makes sense. So I still, you know, I still support the club wholeheartedly I go home and away um 
and yeah, it's just it's, it's just a bit of a difficult one. I think there's still things going on that are kind of hanging over a lot of people's heads, and I think you know if things kind of move on a little bit, um, you know, off the field, I'm hoping that you know it might kind of. I'm not saying fans will come back, whatever the outcome. Just kind of yeah, it's just kind of been hanging over us a little bit because obviously there was an incident with the Barnsley manager and he was found not guilty. That was back in December, but then there's another thing as well. I don't, I don't know when that's supposed to be, but and that's yeah, it's kind of yeah, it's a real difficult one. I, I, I find it, I find it a real topic. I find it really difficult to talk about it because whatever you say on Joe Barton, people aren't going to like it on either side. So I try and tend not to talk about him because I just like a, I just don't, I don't really like to get into social media argument about him, uh, and I don't care enough about. Him. <laughs> Not, not don't care about him enough to talk about him. It's just, it's just, yeah, it's just a frustrating topic, really, because, you know, he is our manager and he obviously does represent the club. But I kind of, like I said before, I kind of have to separate the man from the club. Yeah, and I guess you've got when you are so divided about the manager, you've still got a lot of players that you can get behind and a lot of that. Exactly. You can focus on that. Um, you mentioned earlier, Elliot Anderson has come through. January signing was it from Newcastle? Deadline um, day, yeah. Yeah, I've seen some of his highlights, and I've got to be honest, he terrifies me already. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, our right back—I think it was a makeshift right back at your place, anyway. But our, our right hand side was terrible that day. Um, obviously, it hopefully be a bit better on Saturday. But he has got something special, hasn't he? He's he's such a talent. He's class, like I. So when he came in on deadline day, it's really interesting. Because people are like, oh, who's this guy? Like, why have we signed a 19-year-old from Newcastle? And I'm like, well, obviously Joey's got links to Newcastle. They're not going to send some person on loan um, who isn't, you know, going to be okay or, you know, they trust to look after him. And I remember reading afterwards that they said, like, Luton wanted him and a couple of teams in the Championship and League One. So I thought, okay, he must be all right. He's just obviously quite young. And then he played at Sutton. So that was just that week. Um and I wasn't there, but fans that saw him was like, this is good. Like, and he only played for like 15 minutes. And then after that, he's starting every week at Stevenage. He was out, outstanding. I mean, every game I've seen him play, he's he's just, he reminds me of a player called Billy Bowden. Oh, yes. In terms of his technical ability and his feet. But he's also got a brain. As well. I'm not saying Billy doesn't have a brain, because he does. But his, his brain is of someone who's an older player. And like the way he just commands the football field, bossing people around, telling people where to go. I was like, You're, he's 19. And apparently Eddie Howe wasn't very pleased that they sent him out on loan. I'm not saying he was going to play for Newcastle week in, week out. But, you know, God, we're so lucky to have him. And I'm so, so pleased that Newcastle gave him to us for at least a little bit anyway. And I'm hoping that that's the thing. You kind of need those kind of players to kind of get you over the line, in essence. And... Obviously, you know, if things happen, hopefully we could go up. I would be begging Newcastle, like, you can come and look after him for another year. Um, yeah, they might make a couple of signings over the summer. They might mean he goes down the pecking order, potentially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I 100% think that he's going to be playing at a higher level. I think he deserves to be playing at a higher level. I mean, he could easily play the championship already. He's, for, I mean, for someone that age, it's, I mean, people like, you know, for a lone player as well. Like, I think all of our fans have just completely fallen in love with him. Um, and yeah, so, and I mean, he's already 
I think he got called up to the Scottish under-21 side as well against. So he, he will miss our game, not this Saturday, but against Carlisle. So they're going to be <laughs> a little bit happy about that. But well, obviously I won't be because I'll be gutted because I want him to play. Um, but yeah, I mean, that shows, you know, he's 19, he's already getting called up to the under-21s for Scotland. So I think he's got a brilliant, brilliant career ahead of him. Yeah. Nice to hear Billy Bowden get a mention as well. Yeah, I love, well, we love Billy Bowden. <laughs> yeah. and, and obviously, he mentioned Lines as well. That's another one that we, oh, yeah. we've, we've got a lot of players that kind of went between your two clubs. I mean, I heard you mention Ali Koki as well, although we had him last year. I barely, We barely saw him, actually. You can't say nothing Jeffy. about our king. You <laughs> can't Jeffy's say nothing about our king. king. <laughs> yeah, no, he is the king. And that's how he shall be referred to. Yeah, he's my favourite player. Oh, he is just sensational. He, do, he, the, Charles, our head honcho man, said um, at the beginning of the season he baffles us because you look like he looks like he's going to play himself into trouble, and then he's just a genius. I absolutely, th- I just think he's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. He's been a great addition to us. So thank you very much. There you go. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> um, before we do predictions, um, what we always ask on the previous show is something that we hope is going to be a help to us at the weekend. Uh, how are you at defending set pieces? I think we're all right at set pieces. I think we're better than we were. Um, I, I mean, we've got quite a solid goalkeeper and we've got quite solid big defenders in, like I said, Connor Taylor and James Collin- Connolly. Sorry, I can't get his name out now. Um, and, and yeah, that's saying we do kind of defend in numbers in the back. So I'm hoping... I will, I will feed back to my sources that you are very good at very good at set pieces. So I'll make sure about work on your set pieces yeah. for Friday, Pretty on sure. Friday for Saturday. Pretty so. sure it's the first thing that they mention. Anyone mentions in their scouting mission when they come to see us, they've probably got it covered. Um, so let's go into predictions. Uh, bear with us while we listen to Malcolm and his lovely predictions jingle. I've been supporting the town since I don't know when We turn up week after week to watch us struggling again Look at us now, I'm at Wazza booked again I don't know how, we've hit the post again and lost control All we want is a few more goals just one shot and the whole North Stand would sing. Hoskins, Pinnock or Canoe, get it in! Whoa, come on cobblers. Here we go again. Let us know what are your predictions. Come on cobblers. Will we win again and get us talking about a proper ding dong? Don't leave us broken hearted. Help get the talking started. Email, tweets, or just a WhatsApp. Email your predictions to podcast at cobblers to me.com. Please, look, if you don't, all we get is Neil predicting nine all draws every week, as if that's going to happen. Always, oh, just, just before you, it's about to finish, you always think it's about to end before it does, and then it clicks back in again. There we go. Marks out of 10, Lucy, for the, for the jingle. Right? 10. I, I, I mean, I love Apple anyway, but I, I just, I was, I was prepared beforehand. They said, oh, you know, there's a really long jingle. And I was thinking, okay, like, 
what's it going to be? But that's that's actually really tickled me. Like, <laughs> that, like, 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. We'll be delighted. Um, let's come to predictions then. Jeffy, what are you going to go with? Going to lose 3 1. <laughs> Straight in. <laughs> yeah, not either. I'm not even going to try and pretend that this is going to end well. Yeah. Are you going up on Saturday? Me? Yeah. Pete the Plumber? Yes, going? it's the Bristol Rivers Derby. Yeah. Pete the Plumber going to be in attendance or is he in Pete, his Pete, holiday Pete the Plumber's in Spain, He's but in we've Spain. got one one other Rovers contingent, so it should be it'll be a, an agonising drive home. So you're driving up there with a Rovers fan in tow. Yeah, excellent, absolutely. Obviously, we'll be dropping them off probably somewhere like Oxford if we lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, we're better from if we lose. Just yeah, <laughs> uh, Lucy, come to you. Predictions. Um, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I'm currently because. Um, it's not on audio. I've got my fingers crossed. I'm going to go for two nil Rovers. Two nil. Isn't confident? Ah, oh, don't. Know what I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with a draw. I think. I'm going to go one all. I think. And I think I'll, I'll take be that pretty, all day long. By yeah, the way, I think we'll be pretty happy yeah. with that. I think you are on such a good run. I know you had a little bit of a blip um, in midweek a couple of weeks ago, but yeah, I, I, it gets older. Yeah, yeah. But, um, and results like that can happen. But I just think. After Tuesday night, we're still we're just hanging on, and I think a point would be all right. I think we'd, I'd take a point. So let's go with that. But um, thank you so much, Lucy, for coming on. Such good stuff. Oh, no, it's been a pleasure, honestly. I've really, really enjoyed it. All the best. Um, can you just um, give us a couple of links on social media, Her Game Two, and for yourself as well? Um, yeah. So um, we are um, Her Game Two. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Her Game Two, um, and then our website is Her Game Two dot uk, which is where obviously our merchandise is, and also. Uh, where the ambassador form is so any female cobblers fans out there who want to be a part of the team then yeah get involved that way and then i am on twitter and instagram myself god i don't even know my own name (laughs) Um, so my my twitter is and my instagram is luce forward underscore so loose forward underscore perfect thank you so much thanks so much for coming on and joining us and for being patient with us while we deal with our technical issues um thank you jeffy you're welcome we'll see you next week when we'll have a hartlepool fan with us maybe jeff sterling will come on who knows go on jeff come on jeff not do much else um thank you so much lucy and we'll see you all next week Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Sports Social Podcast Network.